Acts chapter 20. As you're finding it, I want to say um, how excited I am to see a couple of Cindy's here this morning. I'm glad to see all of you, but Cindy Deering right here has had a lot of sickness, and I think first time you've been out in, in 2019, is this the first time you've been able to be back? So we are so glad to have you. And then one of our former members who's come back, comes back because she has some connections here in the way of children, Cindy Cargill. We're glad to have you this morning. Welcome. I didn't get back there to greet you, and, um, but I wanted to say hi to you. Uh, are you in Acts chapter 20? Would you stand with me, please, <clears throat> in respect to God's word? Acts chapter 20, Paul is gone to has gone to Ephesus and he called the leadership of the church together verse 17 but I want us to focus on what he says in verses 22 through 25 and now behold this is Paul speaking I go bound in the spirit unto Jerusalem not knowing the things that shall befall me there save that the holy ghost witnesseth in every city saying that bonds and afflictions abide me, or they're coming. But none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. And now behold, I know that ye all among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God shall see my face no more. It's not a sad passage, but it's obviously getting down to the end of Paul's life. And what he doesn't use this word in our text, but when he says finishing, uh, might finish my course with joy, you know what he's saying? I'm going to be faithful to the end. I'm going to be faithful to the end. I wonder how many of you have ever gone to Yellowstone National Park? What's the most famous thing in Yellowstone National Park? Old Faithful. You realize that Old Faithful is not the largest geyser there? It doesn't shoot up the highest. But you know why it's the most popular? Because it's dependable. It happens consistently day in and day out. That's what Paul is talking about here in Acts chapter 20. I want to finish my course with joy. And I think there are two questions that come up from this text that we want to look at this morning. You can be seated. Thank you so much. The first question that I noted, um, as I and by the way, I think it's such a vitally important way to study the Bible, is when you're reading and you come up with a question, write the question down and look within the context of the scripture where the answers lie, okay? So the first question I ask is, how is it possible to finish our course with joy? And I see a few things here that I think are very clear from our text. And I have three of them in this point. How is it possible to be faithful. If I were to ask you this morning, do you want to be faithful to the Lord until you either pass away or the rapture occurs? I think everybody here would say, yes, I do. Yes, I do. 
But we also know how easy it is to get off the faithfulness path, isn't it? How easy it is to go down a wrong direction. I mean, I gave you the example in Matthew 19 of the disciples. They were a godly group. They've been walking with Jesus. And yet when somebody brought some little children for Jesus to pray for, to touch, and to bless, what were the disciples thinking? Oh, we don't have time for that. They're just little kids. Don't bother the master with the little children. They showed that they didn't understand where God's priorities were. And they weren't faithful at that point in life. And that's true for all of us, how easy it is to get off base and not be faithful like God would have us to be. So I see three things here from our text. First of all, notice that faithfulness is connected to the Spirit. Look at verse 22 and the very um, first part of the verse. And, and uh, how I kept back nothing. I'm sorry, verse 22. And now behold, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem. Now, that word spirit there is a small s. He's talking about his spirit. And really what he's saying is that my spirit is bound or constrained by God's Holy Spirit to do what God had called him to do. He wasn't listening to the crowd, was he? In fact, the crowd said, don't go. Dangerous place. They're out to kill Christians, and you're one of the foremost, and you're going to be in big trouble if you go there. But if you and I want to be faithful, we need to daily have our spirit constrained by the Holy Spirit of God. You say, well, how does that happen? Very simple. Daily, throughout the day, in fact, yielding ourselves. Lord Jesus, I present my body a living sacrifice to you. You take and you direct me this day. We never know what each day holds for us. We may have our plan. Nothing wrong with plans. As long as your plans are yielded to the Spirit of God. And we want the Spirit... To direct us, because he knows. That word um, there in verse 22, bound in the spirit, literally means constraint. Really allowing the spirit of God to direct us. Now, we don't live in a culture that wants to be constrained by anything. We live in a culture in America that wants to do its own thing at its own time all the time. Would you agree? The world says, no rules Just let me do what I want to do. Paul says, you want to be faithful? Let me tell you how you're faithful. You let your spirit be constrained or bound by the Holy Spirit of God. So the question this morning is this. Does God's spirit have a hold on your spirit? And I think it's important to address some basic things. When you and I are confronted, and you notice that there was the gospel word mentioned in our text. The gospel is the good news. What's the good news? The good news is, according, we looked at it last week in 1 Corinthians 15, that Jesus, holy, sinless, perfect, came to earth for one reason, 
to die for your sin and my sin. Because the Bible says we're what? All sinners? There's none righteous, no, not one. Every man at his very best state is altogether vanity. There's nothing in us that deserves to go to heaven to be with God. That's why God so loved us that he sent his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him, Jesus, shall have what? Everlasting life. So when a person understands what the gospel is and they receive it by faith, they become a believer. Nicodemus said, how can I be born again? He's thinking a second physical birth. What did Jesus want him to understand? There's a physical birth and there's a spiritual birth. And if you've been spiritually birthed into God's kingdom by putting your trust in Christ, by the way, coming to church doesn't save you. Living in America doesn't save you. Having parents that are Christians don't save you. It is an individual decision that each and every one must make. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, the Bible says, shall be saved. If we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our hearts that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. There is the gospel. Well, my point is simply this. When you and I, if you're here today and you've trusted Christ as Savior, you have the Holy Spirit living in you. God has chosen in this New Testament age of grace to give us part of the Godhead to live in us. He is a spirit. And that spirit is constantly wanting to corral or constrain our spirit. What does our spirit want to do? Its own thing. It wants to go its own way. It wants to live its own by its own rules. It wants to uh, do whatever we think pleases us. But God is saying here, and Paul is saying, you want to be faithful? Let, this, you let your spirit be bound or constrained by the Holy Spirit of God. So the first question this morning about faithfulness is this. Does God's spirit have a hold on your spirit? Is God's will your number one passion and desire? It's a great question this morning. Paul is saying, listen, folks, I'm going to go, and I don't know what's going to befall me. But this one thing I know, I am bound by the Holy Spirit of God. I want my spirit to be totally yielded to him. Young people here this morning, the question isn't what job will pay me the most as an adult. The question this morning isn't what job will make me most happy? What job will give me the most time off? The real question is what is God's will for your life? He has a will for each and every one of us. He knows what's best. I can tell you from experience, when I've gone on the path that I thought was best, it never worked out. But God's will is always the right way. Brother Francine, could you please explain that to me? No. I mean, don't we all think we're pretty smart? Don't we all think we know best what's going to make us happy? Doesn't work that way. That's why Paul 
is being so clear here in our text. I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem. Secondly, I want you to notice this. Faithfulness is being content to not know what tomorrow holds. Are you like me? Do you like to plan everything? Are you hooked at looking at this goofy thing constantly? Now it scares me to death because it keeps track of how much time I've looked at the thing. You notice that? It's a good tool, good accountability. Ask myself the question, am I looking at this thing more than I'm looking at? Good question to ask. But it's being content to not know tomorrow. You say, where do you get that, Brother Francine? Look at the second part of verse 22. Not knowing the things that shall befall me there. Speaking of Jerusalem. It was a hotbed at this point in history of anti-Christian, hating God people. And here's Paul following up after Jesus has been crucified. Paul called on the road to Damascus to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. And here he is proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. And they didn't love it any more then than when Jesus was telling them about it. But you know what he said? I don't live by planning my tomorrows. I live by letting God direct my way. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. You know what, folks? We need to live that way, don't we? We need to live with a perspective that only God knows tomorrow, and I can face whatever he has for me because I am a believer and his spirit lives in me. I didn't look this hymn up. I think it might be in our hymn book. I'm not sure. But you know the hymn that says, I don't know about tomorrow? But I know who holds my hand. That's really what Paul is saying here, isn't he? He's saying, I'm bound by my, I want my spirit to be bound with the Holy Spirit of God to do his will. And I don't have to know everything before I do it. Boy, what a trap that is, isn't it? Some of you here, and I put myself in this camp. You know what? I'll do it when I understand it. That is not a walk of faith. That is a walk of sight. And only by faith do we please God. Would you agree? Now, it doesn't mean we have to be foolish. It doesn't mean we need to do um, foolish things. But it does mean that we need to step out by faith. We need to let God hold the tomorrows. And we need to go into it grounded. I appreciate what Chris said today as we were reviewing our verses. That the more we have God's word ingrained in our heart, the more, excuse me, we are equipped to meet the demands of today. We talk about it all the time. But what a joy it is to get into God's word. I hope you're having a daily devotional time searching the scriptures daily because you'll be amazed at how many times God will give you a verse 
that you're going to need later on in the day, you had no idea you were going to need it. But God knows. And that's why he wants us to be grounded in the word. When we have to plan everything and know everything, we become the most frustrated people on the planet. But when we walk in the Spirit, as he said there, that's part of being faithful, that helps us be faithful, letting the Spirit of God constrain us or bind us. And when we understand that every day is an opportunity to let God work through us. Can I encourage you when you're out and about and you're there at some retail place or where you work and God prompts you and says, give that person a track. Have a track ready. Say, I have something that I think will, I know will be a real blessing to you. And share with them. If you have a chance to talk with them, praise the Lord. That's what it means when it talks about being led by the Spirit of God. Being ready always to give an answer for the hope that lies within. So Paul is saying here, I want to be faithful. I want to finish my course with joy. And I can do that, first of all, by letting my spirit be bound by the Holy Spirit. I can secondly be faithful by not having to know what lies ahead other than God is there and that he is directing. Some of us have some unknown things ahead. All of us, I guess, do really. But for many, it may be more of a, oh, what's next? What am I going to do? Those kind of things. And yet God is faithfully there. And you know what he says? Trust me. There's only two tracks that please God. Trust and obey. And they go along parallel to each other. Trust and obey. Trust and obey. Thirdly, I see this from our text. Faithfulness is being fully aware that afflictions are part of our future. Notice what Paul says in verse um, 23. He says, save that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. Now, folks, I'm not going to name names this morning, but there are too many preachers out there that want you to believe that when you become a Christian, everything turns rosy. We call them health, wealth, prosperity, gospel preachers. And there are tremendous blessings all along the way to serving Christ. And he gives us the grace to go through trials and difficulties, but he doesn't eliminate them, does he? Is there any Christian here, I wonder, that would stand up and say, you know, I got saved 20 years ago, and I have not had one difficult day in my life. The truth of the matter is, that's what Paul is saying here. He is fully aware that the Christian life, faithfulness, is really proven in the times of affliction and trial. Would you agree with that? The times of greatest struggle. It's not about pleasantness. 
It's not about anything. In fact, in Acts 14, he says this, exhorting them to continue in the faith that we through much tribulation enter into the kingdom of God. I'm not trying to predict negativity, but I am trying to preach what the Bible preaches. And Paul knew. He said, faithfulness doesn't come because the road is easy. Faithfulness comes because God's spirit can control my spirit. I don't have to know everything about the future. I can trust him day by day. And I know that when afflictions and trials and persecutions and reviling comes, God is going to be there to help me do what I need to do. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 3, Yea, all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall, you know the next two words? Suffer persecution. That's what the Bible says. So, if you and I are going to be faithful, it's not, I wonder what might be the easiest path. It's not that at all. It's God, you direct my path. God, I'm going to be in your word every day. I want your spirit to guide and direct me. In our Sunday school class, Sean registered, was teaching on the attribute of peace. Peace. And I, he didn't use this verse, but this verse came to my mind, Colossians 3.15. Let the peace of God rule in your heart to the which also ye are called. You know what the will of God is? It's the route that you have a peace and a solace. And peace does not mean the absence of fear and anxiety and all kinds of other things. It means you have a settledness in your heart and you know what God wants you to do. Church, the bottom line is really this when it comes to how can we be faithful. I wrote it this way. In modern terms, faithfulness to God goes against our American culture and our American dream. Isn't that true? Can you look, look what Paul says there? He didn't say, behold, I'm looking for a place to live life in an easy way. He says, I know the Spirit of God wants me to go to Jerusalem. And I know that afflictions await me there. But I'm going to go. The American dream is no affliction, no trial, no difficulty, easy street, all those things. And I'm not saying if God has blessed you with good things, you to give them all away. I'm simply saying this, that don't expect the world. How does that great hymn go? Um, the world is not a friend of grace. No friend of grace. There are going to be challenges ahead. Challenges for every one of us. Challenges for this church. And the real truth of the matter is, like Paul, I want to say, I want to finish my course with joy. Remember what David said? when he brings the lunches to his brothers and he hears this Goliath yelling out to the children of Israel, hey, who's going to come out and fight me? Come on, guys. Bring somebody on. 
David didn't hear a whole lot of that, but he heard enough to say, I'll go. What everybody say? You're a runt. You're a runt. And David made this famous statement. I believe it's the same statement Paul is making. Is there not a cause? You know what, church? There's a great cause. The great cause is a world that's dying and going to hell. A world that's going after everything but the answer to joy and happiness. And finding none of it. We had a lady from the North Kansas City School District come visit us to do some testing on a student. And I knew the lady. Her name is Lisa. And I got to talking to her. She has her office at Winnetonka High School, just a mile or two away. And we were talking about the pressures and the difficulties that young people face today. Not too many weeks ago, at Winnetonka High School, a young person committed suicide at the school. No hope. Hope deferred maketh the heart sick, the Bible says. But our hope has to be in something that's going to sustain us and get us through. And there's a lot of people here. If you don't know the Lord Jesus as your Savior this morning, I'll tell you, there's a lot of people sitting in this room who can tell you that Jesus is the only hope. And Jesus will sustain you. He will keep you. He will guide you. He will be faithful. Doesn't mean the road's going to be easy. Paul already knew that and we know that. But he will be faithful. So the first question that I see from our text is, how can we be faithful? And I tried to explain it. Secondly, I see this question. Why should faithfulness be every believer's passionate goal? Look at verse 24 and 25. First thing, because it means finishing God's course for you and for me with joy. Who doesn't want to finish? By the way, that word course there is not the course you think of academically, like I took algebra or I took uh, history. That's not the course it's talking about. That is the course like a path course that a runner would run on. Do you know any runner that starts a race and doesn't have as their goal to finish the race? I mean, you say, duh. Yeah, duh. That's the way it is. Well, that's the way it is in the Christian life. Our greatest passion ought to be to finish strong. We're at the, we're at the um, end of another semester. It's hard to believe. <clears throat> and another year of graduates, maybe from high school, from college. We're going to have some of all of that here. Um, and you know, 
It's such a joy, isn't it, to be a finisher? Have you ever struggled with something? Maybe it's a routine, mundane task, and you just can't seem to get it all together, and then you, you decide, today I'm going to get it all done. And you know that feeling when you finish something that's been difficult and hard to do? Well, that's just a little example. Here we're talking about real life. We're talking about finishing the course that God has for us with joy. It doesn't mean get to the end and collapse. It means finish it with joy. And I think that is such an important aspect here. Paul says this in 2 Timothy. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. Same exact course word as in Acts 20. I have kept the faith. Are you a finisher today? Do you realize maybe you've gotten weary in well-doing? It's one thing to be tired in the work. Don't be tired of the work. And you would say, you know what? I need to refocus on the finish line. I need to focus on what God has for me to do. Later on in that second Timothy says, Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. You know what? Faithfulness ought to be our goal because life is so temporal and yet God has all the blessings prepared for us as a believer. A crown of righteousness. Listen to what Matthew says. He that shall endure until the end shall be saved. Second Corinthians, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory, the Bible says. In Matthew 5, Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. John says it this way, He that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it to life eternal. Finishing faithfully gets a crown of righteousness and unimaginable joy. That's one reason why we should want to be faithful. I see a second reason from the text. Because our God is gracious and he is our king. Look again at those verses, 24, 25. But none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself. That's where I get that title, uh, faithfulness is better than life. So that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus. What ministry is that? To testify the gospel of the grace of God. And now behold, I know that ye all among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God shall see my face no more. This is the last time Paul's going to be visible in the city of Ephesus. But you know what? He is reminded that this significant thing 
is that we serve a grace-giving God. I love that. Galatians says, grace upon grace. He giveth more grace when the burdens grow greater, the hymn writer said. Grace. God giving us the desires and the willpower to do his will. That is exactly what he wants. And he's king. Aren't you glad Jesus Christ is king? Lord of lords. So here's my questions this morning. Are you living with God? I wrote it in one sentence to try to capture what I think Paul is saying here in these verses. Are you living with God's will as your supreme desire with a trust in Christ that doesn't have to plan or know tomorrow and that doesn't let afflictions, troubles, persecutions stop you? Faithfulness. Are you determined with God's grace to finish your course strong for him and with great anticipation of the joy that awaits with the crown of righteousness. I read a true story. During the Reagan years, you remember, there was terrorism even back then. And over in Beirut, Lebanon, we had many military people. In fact, on this particular occasion, there was a barracks of Marines. We have a number of Marines in here this morning. And they came in and they bombed the place. Killed literally hundreds of our Marines in that barracks there to protect that land, there to help bring the kind of liberty that we enjoy here. One man survived. His name was Jeffrey Lee Nashton. I hadn't heard that name before studying for this. And Nashton was severely wounded. They took him by helicopter to Germany to be treated. The commandant of the Marine Corps at that time was a man named Paul Kelly. And he made it one of his missions to go and visit any of the Marines that had been injured in conflict. Paul Kelly said this, when I walked into that room, I wasn't sure if I was seeing a machine or a human being. This Nashton had so many tubes running in and out of his body, he had never seen such a sight in all of his life. And you know what? Nashton couldn't speak. He was in tremendous pain. And after Mr. Kelly, I guess he must have been a general, right? General Kelly? Um after General Kelly talked to him and gave some consoling words, Nashton signaled for a piece of paper. He took a pencil and he scribbled on the paper. 
you Marines can tell me, guess what he, what he scribbled? Two words. Semper Fi. What does that mean? Forever faithful. Forever faithful. Commandant Kelly said it was one of the most motivating things that he had ever experienced in his years in the Marine Corps. An innocent Marine nearly destroyed by a terrorist bomb and reminding this general forever faithful. That's what Paul is saying here in Acts 20. He's saying, if you and I are going to be what God wants us to be, the number one thing is to be faithful. And you and I can be faithful. You know how? By letting our spirit be controlled by the Spirit of God. By letting tomorrow be God's work, not our work. By trusting Him in all the ways. By acknowledging that when afflictions and trials and difficulties come our way, they're not to stop us. They are to motivate us that we serve a great God. A God that can help us get through any situation in life. Are you trusting him today? Are you on the path of faithfulness? Do you want to finish your course with joy? Have you thought about a crown of righteousness? Have you thought about what heaven is like? What joy awaits? My challenge to us this morning is this. Twofold. Are you in the faith to even be faithful? Have you put your trust in Jesus Christ? You can be saved today. You can be saved by simply acknowledging you're a sinner and saying, Lord Jesus, I know you died for my sin. I receive by faith that you, Jesus, are God and you died to take my sin. I am trusting you for eternal life. But I know there's a lot of Christians here this morning. And the question I think I would ask of you is this. Are you staying faithful? When we talk about what Paul pointed out here, were you mindful of something that maybe has gotten a little shaky in your life? What you used to do that was right, you're not doing? And you were convicted that you need to Deal with that area of your life. Maybe it's your devotion life. Maybe it's your witnessing. Maybe it's church attendance. Maybe it's prayer. Any number of things could fit in that category of, am I being faithful? Because to whom much is given, much is required. And God wants a faithful He wants a faithful church. He wants us to keep going, whether it be easy or hard. He wants us to keep doing 
what's right to do. Would you bow your head? Close your eyes with me. Piano's going to play.